Morning, everyone. Tuesday, February 28th, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio, and we're just two days away from the season opener. Parramatta against the Melbourne Storm on uh, Thursday night there at Combank Stadium. There's an interesting last day in the cricket between England and New Zealand today over in Wellington across the ditch. England need another 210 runs with nine wickets in hand. New Zealand have made it difficult for them after following on. Uh, so that'll be, that'll be intriguing uh, as that starts, what, 9 o'clock this morning, our time, the final day there. And, uh, well, it is Test Eve over there in India as well. And Mitchell Stark spoke yesterday. We'll have a bit of a chat about that. And the Aussies, well, hopes heading into this third test, down 2-0 in the series. But uh, Loza Pup, morning to you both. We get the teams today, and uh, that will just whet the appetite for Thursday. Loza, morning. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning, everybody. Uh, I think everyone's excited about the footy being back on, in two days' time. Obviously, it starts at Combank Stadium with the Parramatta Eels taking on the Melbourne Storm, but there's some good news for Manly supporters. Uh, Tommy Turbo has declared that he's ready to go. So they take on the Dogs 3 o'clock Saturday at Brookvale Oval. So that'll be a good game because yeah, the Dogs have bought Really well in the off-season. Uh, they've got a couple of big names to their clubs. Uh, they bought Burton the previous season and Addo Carr, but you throw in Reed Marnie and Kickow. Um, gives them plenty of strike this year. But Manly, we know the winning record is close to 70% when Tommy T plays, and it's around 35% when he doesn't. So, um, you know, that, that says a lot. That says that, you know, when Tom plays, then the Manly side are, are very difficult to beat. Um, hopefully he gets through the season okay. And all Manly supporters would be hoping that he can play at least 20 games of football because if he does that, you would think that Manly will go on and play finals footy. Pump morning, mate. Test Eve in indoor, it looks like. It'll be Mitch Stark coming back, Cameron Green coming back, and three spinners again. Morning, boys. Uh, Yeah, well, we've got to turn things around. That's obviously something different um, to what we've had in the first Two test matches. Uh, big ass, though. Two guys that haven't played in the series so far to come in and uh, do the work with, like I say, not many overs in regards to test cricket under their belt. But in saying that, I'd imagine if that's what the selectors are thinking. They've obviously looked at the wicket and it's going to be a turner again. So you'd, you'd think that the spinners are going to bowl majority. Uh, Cameron Green can bowl some, even if it's a couple overs with a brand new ball, if required. Uh, the advantage was Starkey. If it does swing with a brand new ball, he can bring it back into a right-hander. He's very good reverse swing, both over and around the wicket. And if Australia are going to play two right-arm off spinners, Starkey being a left-armer, he'll create more footmarks for those spinners as well. Um, but then the Australian batters have got to deal with Ashwin as well. So, yeah, let's hope we can. Um, let's hope we've done some work in this week off that we've had, and boys have got a different plan to what they've had in the first two tests. Great days racing ahead on Saturday, Loz. I was looking at some of these all-in markets last night. Keep an eye on this Kiwi Mare Imperatriz, four-time Group 1 winner, which uh, for the Canterbury Stakes all-in for Saturday with tabs being three fifty dollars to $2.80 uh, yesterday. Giga Kick as well. We get to see Giga Kick back at the races in the Challenge Stakes. It was three fifty dollars to $2.60 yesterday, the Tab Everest winner. Eduardo was five into four twenty in the same race and has won uh, the last two editions of the Challenge Stakes. Has Eduardo, and then we get to the Ramwick Guineas and Aft Cabin three dollars fifty in favourite and Osipenko four dollars fifty, which of course turned over 
aft cabin and uh, ensured a multi-victory for you last weekend. So we've got a beauty coming up on Saturday in Sydney. Great day's racing. It just seems like it's uh, week after week. All the good horses are, are back and you can understand why with the... The carnival just about uh, well, you could say the carnival's underway now. Really, I oh, know. You know, there's some big races, the good two-year-old races this weekend, um, and we might get a clearer picture of the Golden Slipper with the Riesling and the Todman being run this weekend as well. But you talk about that Canterbury Stakes, Mido. Um, gee, some good horses in that. Also, uh, plenty of noms uh, for the Randwick Guineas. Um, Jesus, some good races, some good horses. How are we going to pick a winner? Well, that's why I mentioned it early. We've got to get onto it early. But uh, naturally, we'll get uh, the final fields and draws declared tomorrow. I was watching NRL 360. He was back on Fox League last night. Craig Bellamy, Loz, your old mate, uh, on his own future, was asked, you know, what it all holds. And, of course, he's got the long-term deal at the Storm just to stay there as sort of a consultant whenever he decides to call time on his playing days. And, uh, well, he said pretty sure this season will be his last as a head coach. He added he's not quite sure when the club wants a definite answer. I'm sure I saw some comments from Matt Tripp saying they wanted it, you know, basically in March. Um, That was uh, some weeks ago. But he added my time's just about up. He looked so tortured when he was answering the question, though. I was hardly convinced that, he, even though, you know, he said my time's almost up, that he really does concede his days as a head coach are coming to an end. Well, I know he loves that club and he loves his players, and I'm sure the club will give him a great deal of respect in terms of allowing him to make that decision mm. when it's right. But they obviously need to plan for the future because... This is something that they know has been coming and they have to get right because it's very difficult to take over from a legend of the game like Craig Bellamy. Um, And I'm sure they've got people in mind and with coaches coming off contract, uh, well, not coming off contract, coaches entering the season under pressure, um, it, it just sort of adds another layer to it because they don't want to miss out on the guy that they want to take over from Craig Bellamy. But... Craig has done such a remarkable job uh, with the Storm. You know, you only got to look at their round one record, um, you know, the the ability to get the team playing finals football, um, the ability to recover from losing champion players like Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. You look at any sporting team when you've had superstars of the game retire, it always sort of takes them a bit of time to recover. They tend to have a dip, but not this Melbourne Storm team. Um, And if Craig's talking like that, you know the time is near. Um, What is he going to do? He'll still be in and around the club, but probably won't be there on a full-time basis. Uh, I know he's very keen to move up to Queensland uh, and spend some time uh, in his later years with the family. So um, this might be Craig Bellamy's last year in charge. I think Craig is the only person that will know when the right time is and it's a bit like when you're you know, playing uh, with your playing career you, 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 you just wake up one day and you know when the time's right he's probably going through a stage at the moment where he's unsure he doesn't want to let people down but given what he's done for that club he won't let anyone down with whatever decision he makes but with Craig you know he's 100% in or he's 100% out we're going to do our top eights tomorrow see what you might thanks for the warning yeah 
Right here. There you go. Just putting that one on your plate, pup. Uh, I'm pretty settled, except for the last one or two. Okay, so you've had a good think about yeah. it. Don't worry, pup. I'm starting from scratch as well, mate. Mm. Top four's easy. I reckon top four's easy. Next four's not so easy. Tigers, can they get in there? <laughs> That's the one I've got to think about. Throw them in. <laughs> uh, also, Bellamy, you've added laws that the preseason's been different due to the loss of experience in the squad. He gave great praise to Joel Selwood, uh, the... Geelong champion recently retired after yet another premiership and uh, just the impact he's had in coming in and helping as a, I think he's a leadership consultant there. Well, the you just don't know, Mido, how your team is going to go when you lose a lot of experienced players and a lot of kids get an opportunity. There were two teams that stood out for me last year where kids got opportunities in different codes. One was the AFL with Collingwood. They went from the bottom to a top four team because all their young blokes, they kicked. And they just played some magnificent football. Then in the rugby league, it was the Cowboys, a lot of their players. You know, they unearthed some good young players that just were, you know, had a taste of first grade football, but they went to another level. So it can happen. And this may well be the case with Melbourne, but they are missing a couple of key players to start the season. Olam, Pappenhausen, on top of that, the experience that they've lost in that forward pack. I think it'll affect them. Front page of the Daily Telegraph today, Nico's pain. NRL star opens up on mum's jailing. It's hit me hard is the headline there. So Nico Hines so really opened up yesterday. Uh, saw it last night as well on the news. But uh, just talking about how tough it's been with his mum awaiting sentencing after being found guilty of heroin supply, saying it's probably been the most challenging time of his life. So that is a a significant... Uh, well obviously obstacle for him to be dealing with off the field and uh, it looks like Loz is probably going to struggle to make it as he tries to overcome a calf injury uh, for Saturday night but uh, we know Nico uh, you know, quality person uh, but uh, you can only imagine dealing with that off the field at the moment with your mum in uh, well she's about probably to headed towards the towards jail when she reaches sentencing. I think it's in about a month's time. Yeah, yeah. you talk about distractions. This is a massive one for Nico Hines. He loves his mother. And obviously she's going through a, a terrible time at the moment. Um, and you're trying to put distractions to a side, but I can only imagine what he's going through and you know, feeling that love and support for his mother and wanting to be there for her, but also knowing that his job is to play football for the Cronulla Sharks. Um, he mightn't be there in round one, which will certainly affect their performance um, or how their team will play because he was a standout player last year, Dallium Player of the Year. Um, but he needs to make sure that he starts the season fit. You, you don't want him to take an injury into game one, injure it, and then have issues, ongoing issues for the next couple of months. So the Sharks will play it safe with him. And if he's not right, they won't play him. But Again, you know, Nico, if he can put those distractions aside, which are massive, um, hopefully he can back up what he did last season. Back page of the telly, the Sea Eagle has landed after 284 long days. Turbo's finally ready to turn on the afterburners, as, as Loz mentioned before. So expect to see Turbo's name on the team sheet ahead of that match. Brookvale Oval, 3 o'clock Saturday. Manly and the Dogs. One of the more intriguing games for round one, no doubt about that. Also the back page of the telly, prop star Lenu to become face of Bondi Pack. So uh, Spencer Lenu, well Penrith put out a statement yesterday confirming 
that he'll be leaving the club at the end of the season. And, uh, well, it is believed that he's headed to the Roosters, as Buzz touched on yesterday on the show. But uh, this also probably tells me this is certainly the last year for Jared Rurea Hargreaves, who's been fantastic for that club. But uh, that's probably it for him. Yeah, and also they've got Matt Lodge, I think, coming off contract at the end of the season too. So they haven't made a decision on whether they keep him. Um, and at the end of the year, the only established prop they've got on contract is Lindsay Collins. So there's an opportunity for the Roosters to to sign Spencer Linu. Uh, he's playing behind Moses Leota and James Fisher-Harris out there at Penrith. So he wants to be able to start. Most players want to start. Um, you know, you always talk about being a, a team player and a squad player, but you do want to run out in the starting 13 rather than coming off the interchange bench. But they get their man again, the Roosters. There's some talk about how they do it. Uh, they're telling everyone it's their football program. Um, there's an article in today's Telegraph about making wages available. I'm still old school. I, I don't want to see that happen. Um, I, I think that's um, a privacy issue. I, I don't think um, everyone's entitled to know what someone's earning. Um, other people disagree with that. I think that's why we have salary cap auditors. You trust them that they are going to go through organisations with a fine-tooth comb. And if they've got any issues, then they'll, they'll raise it. Um, I don't think there's a need for us, as General Joe Blows, to find out what someone's earning. But plenty of people will disagree because it happens in sport around the world. Mm. Uh, back page of the Herald. And uh, just uh, on the topic of the Roosters, they're seeking cap relief for Crichton, the headline there. So uh, this article saying that Angus Crichton won't be available for at least 10 weeks before assessment is made on his return to playing and that the club has applied to the NRL for salary cap relief and generally relief's given when a player suffers, say, a career-ending injury, uh, is injured in a representative game or is stood down under the no-fault stand-down policy as we saw with mm. Jack DeBellin there at the Dragon. So this is a bit of a complex one for the NRL. Uh, yeah, this would be fascinating to see what, what way they go here. But obviously, first and foremost is, uh, you know, Angus Crichton's recovery, which, uh, you know, it obviously sounds like a very se- serious situation. Yeah, well, again, I, I, you know, they came out, uh, I think his father put out a statement and said that Angus has been suffering from bipolar. Um, so it's a mental health issue. Um, the NRL are naturally um, worried you know, and hopefully he'll get all the, the right help. But, you know, just worried about how perceived this could look with players with mental health issues if they start giving salary cap relief and the possibility of clubs being able to, to rot the system, um, so to speak. Uh, but there is a greater emphasis with the NRL on protecting players from cushions. They do state-of-mind conferences. They're always talking about how we can improve our mental health um, and players, when they don't show symptoms of mental health, it's hard for them to talk about it and it's hard for them to be you know, not playing games of football because they worry about being judged. Um, at least with an injury, if you've got an arm injury or a leg injury, mm-hmm. people can see it. Whereas with a mental health illness, they, they can't. Um, so this will be interesting to see what the league do, whether they give Angus that dispensation uh, in the Roosters, sorry, uh, dispensation. Um, but we hope that Angus is okay. Hopefully he's getting the treatment that he needs. And when he's right, he gets back on the football field. 
Uh, Meg's 11, back page of the Sydney Morning Herald there with uh, this article asking, are Meg Lenning's T20 World Cup winners Australia's greatest sporting team? And that they're in the conversation, back page of the Australian. Lenning's trophy list unrivaled is the headline there after their T20 World Cup triumph in South Africa. I get the feeling, though, Pup, like this is very much a golden age and, you know, we're still producing players coming through. But the competition is going to get more fierce now, thanks to, you know, competitions like the Women's Indian Premier League, etc. Yep, for sure. Uh, and you could just, uh, you know, they they still conquered all, obviously, but, mm. you know, they did endure a couple of close games over there in South Africa. And Well, there's uh, more teams playing now as well. Like, that, you go back, exactly. you know, even 10 years and not every country had a women's team so of course it's going to it's, the competition is definitely going to get tougher and in in things like the women's bbl we've already seen it uh, and now the ipl it brings international players together so whatever domestic league it is that you'd, you'd think that'll enhance that so certainly india will get stronger now australia only just beat them in the semi-final you think with things like the women's ipl they'll be a stronger team in the next you know few years as well uh but yeah take nothing away from the girls they're their record is phenomenal. Um, you know, Meg's just had five, six months off as well, and they come back and lead the team to an undefeated World Cup campaign. It's phenomenal. So, yeah, congratulations to her and to the team. Uh, this poll that the Herald's done as well today, they've uh, approached uh, well all the NRL clubs, chief executives and chairman, and uh, 25 of the 34 responded and uh, answered various questions. Uh, one of those being, if you could sign any player in the NRL, who would it be? No surprise, Nathan Cleary, top of the list, 29%. Another survey. Another survey. Uh, who else have we got here? We've got... Uh, you ever get a survey in the mail? Most under uh, underrated, underrated player in the NRL. I don't think this will surprise anyone. Dylan Edwards, 42%. You ever get a survey in the mail? Ever filled it out and cared? Not really. I reckon that's what the coaches think about these as well. For the what, sorry? I reckon this is what the coaches think about these. I reckon they're Harvey Norman. Oh, I reckon they fill right. it out and go, mate. Well, it's, a club, it's the chief result. executive well, and chairman. Go. There <laughs> you go. Even more important, as if the chairman of a club cares about a survey. And it's it, Tommy Turbo. Let's see if that's still the same. If he's six games in, Manly six wins. Go back two years, I bet your Tommy T was sitting number one. Just gives us something to ponder. <laughs> oh. Gives us a headline in a paper and something for us to talk about. Well, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, best signing of 2023. Who do you think it'll be? Well, Appy Coruscant, top of the list, 24%. Uh, Brandon Smith, Reed, Marty, Reese Walsh, all at 16%. So, yeah. it's content, pump. It certainly is. <laughs> We're talking about it. Give us a call, 1353 53. Send us a text, 0419767272. Just on that Herald poll, see, it started to fire you up. What's happened? Just as we went for the news. So who were you not happy that wasn't in Oh, no, in I, just, I just said who was who's the second uh, sought-after player behind Cleary. Yeah, Manu and Munster are next. Yeah. And then it went uh, Swali'i and Tedesco, both at 13%. So, What's happened? To, so Tommy T can't make it into the top five. Tommy T plays 20 games this year season. That'll change. Uh, lock him in for Dally M. And what about, what about the other there's one? What a, about, um, what about, who am I thinking? South fullback. Latrell. What, how's Latrell not in top five? Well, he's just not. Okay. Mm. 
Interesting. Good debate. There you go. Oh, great content. There Good you debate. go. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think the best signing of the season will be? I know who you'll be wanting it to be. I think you will go close. Yeah, Your hooker at the West Tigers. Yeah, I, my only concern is in that position, the work he's going to have to do for the Tigers and then Origin, because I reckon he's going to be in the Origin squad as well. He's going to need a break at some stage or he's going to get an injury at some stage. So how much of the season can Abby play? But hopefully, yeah, he's. I, I think he's, he's an awesome, unbelievable buy for the Tigers. Exactly what the Tigers needed. In regards to his position, style of play, and now the leadership, I think he's a great buy. But I'm just, yeah, I, I just think maybe because I'm thinking about, you know, being the athlete, actually playing. Like Tommy, T- I know he's had hamstring complaints. I know he's had injuries to the same area of his body. But oh, to me, I still just think he's an absolute superstar. Oh, I just sure. think he, I, I actually, I agree he's with get what on you're the saying, park. Like, Yeah. Yeah, but if he plays 20 games, I reckon he'll be player of the year. There you go. Well, Loz has just said it. Yeah. He plays 20 games, he will be winning the Dalian medal, Loz has just yeah, said. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. I, th- I actually <laughs> think he's that good. Well, two years ago, what did he play? 15 games? 16 games? Won the Dalian? Didn't Dalli play M. many. Yeah. Yeah, incredible. Didn't play many. I, I just want to see a young guy like Tom who puts in so much work and effort and we know what he's capable of doing, and when we watch him, we enjoy his football. I want to see him play to his ability and and have some luck. And if he does that, we'll see the best of Tom Trebojevic. And if we see the best of Tom Trebojevic, that's great for the game because oh, you'll be on our highlights reels every day of the week. Yeah, I think even those who dislike Manly enjoy watching Tom. Yeah, you have he's to. just yeah, electric. Yeah. Uh, now, here's one to tease our top eights for tomorrow. So this poll in the Herald, which team that didn't feature in the 2022 finals most likely to make the top eight in 2023? Is there one that sticks out for you that you think? Bulldogs. Okay. Is there a team, Loz, you're already thinking I'm definitely putting in my eight that wasn't there last uh, year? No, because I think that they're all similar. I, I, I could make a case for a number of those players who recruited well, uh, a number of those teams that recruited well, I could make a case for the Tigers if they stay healthy and injury-free. Um, but I haven't decided who my seventh and eighth team will be. I think top six was... I, I think with my top six, I, I might miss out on the order, but I don't think I'll be missing out on those six teams making, making the final, yeah. Yeah. finals. Uh, but I reckon there's another six teams there that if everything goes right, they possibly could force their way in. So I think that's good for the comp. Okay, well, the But club... I don't think there's a standout like there was last year with Penrith. I think teams have come back to the field a little bit. Some have got better. And I think it'll be more open this season. Well, the club chief executives and chairman in this Herald poll, 38% of them, have put the Broncos on top as far as uh, the team that didn't finish in the eight that will this year. Manly, 21%. Bulldogs, 17%. And uh, the other two, West Tigers, 13%. And others, 11%. So there you go. Well, as I said here before, if Tom plays 20 games, they make, they play oh, finals. For sure. Well, look at, look at the record that suggests yep. it's 68%. So say 70%. 70% of games. That he plays, they that win. That he plays. Yeah. 35%. 
they win if he's not there. Mm. That's you, over a four-year period. And you win 68%, of your, 70% of your games, you are you playing play finals. finals. Uh, Shane, morning. Hey, Mido, boys, how are you? Pretty good. Shana. What have you got for Loz, us? Loz, um, you remember when the Dolphins first come in? Mm. They signed Kafusi and um, the Bromwich boys and Kenty, Reedy, Buzz, uh, Danny Weidler all saying, oh, they've signed Dad's Army. Mm. Those same journos now are saying Melbourne will struggle because they've lost experience. So is it experience or Dad's Army? Or Dad's Army or experience? Or tomato or tomato? <laughs> no, these journos do my heading. I mean, they write whatever suits their narrative. You know, Melbourne had to blood young blokes eventually, and the Dolphins needed some signings. I mean, so if the Dolphins lose their first couple of games, they say, oh, these blokes they signed were too old, mm. or if Melbourne struggled, they should have kept the experience. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a, a fair point, Shane. But I, I would say uh, with the Melbourne Storm players, I thought their time was coming to an end, those forwards. I, mm-hmm. I watched them play. I've watched them play at the start of their career, and I watched them play closely last year, and they weren't the same players. That they no. were past their best. So I, I think by being out of the Melbourne system, going to the Redcliffe Dolphins will give them a new lease of life. All right? But I don't know how long for. It might be one year, it might be six months. But I, eventually Melbourne had to recruit and they had to get more young players in their system. They had to do that. And I think that some of these young forwards, if they kick, they are capable of doing a Cowboys or a Collingwood, what Collingwood did in the AFL last year was a lot of teams were, you know, a lot of people were saying that Collingwood in the AFL and Cowboys in the rugby league both would struggle. But their young guys just went bang and announced themselves on the scene very quickly. That could happen with Melbourne. But to get back to your point with the journal, it's all opinions, though, Shane, isn't yeah. it? Like, we, we've all got opinion. We all get it right. We all get it wrong. Um, and I think that Melbourne needed an injection of young, younger guys in their forward pack. I really did. Yeah, well, look at look at Welsh. He'll be playing a full season this year. Young Katoa yep. from um, the Warriors, Trent Liero. Mate, they've got a stack of young blokes down there, Keen. Josh King from Newcastle. It was time we moved him on, but I, I just don't understand how one minute they're losing all this experience. Then the next minute, yeah. well, the Dolphins have signed up Dad's army. Heading him. I mean, <laughs> does your heading anyway? Well, when the Dolphins are in the eight, Shane, you can when they're dominating, you can just sell. How are you going to go, Shane? When the Dolphins play the Storm, what are you going to do? <laughs> I won't watch it. I'll go in. I'll go in Aaron Rodgers' darkness room. <laughs> <laughs> what a wank he is. Dead goose. Oh, I love it. Laws, that's, that's strong by you. Oh, mate. Aaron Rodgers. You've seen what I've seen for a while now. Oh, I have, yeah. <laughs> he's just a weird. He's weird. Just give it away, Rodgers. Just give it. Look, he's, if he goes back to Green Bay, he gets 50 million. If he goes to the Jets, he'll get 40 million. If he goes to the Raiders, he'll get 40 million. Why does he have to make just a, a, a prima donna case out of it? Yeah? And he won't retire this year because he doesn't want to be put in the Hall of Fame the same year as Brady. I mean, dead set. Just get on with it, for God's sake. Good on you, Shane. I love it when you go off the top rope. We're in agreement there, Shane and I, with Rogers. Oh. And I'm on your train with Rogers. Oh. He's just a... He's hard to like. I know they reckon Brady was hard to like over there in America, but I reckon he'd be... Oh, but Brady would be a great teammate. Yeah. Brady. Rogers, 
If you're a young bloke, you only had to look at his young receivers last year. He, he wouldn't would, even know who these wide receivers nah, were. He, he has no interest helping young no. blokes develop. And that's well reported over mm. in the US. He, he's testy. Anyway, what have we got here on the text line? Uh, firstly, morning boys, my top eight. Stephen at Wagga has Penrith, Parrot, Melbourne, Cronulla, Roosters, Rabbitohs, Bulldogs and Tigers at seven and eight. Uh, so Cleary is everybody's number one player. Funny, the bloke can't win a game without Edwards or... Uh, JFH, James Fisher-Harris, and he can't beat DCE in Queensland's worst ever team in an origin. Um, so there you go. As for Buzz having uh, Mitchell 200k above Teddy and Turbo, that speaks for itself. Bondi Jack, that's his opinion there. Uh, morning, boys. Here's a prediction for you. Lockie Miller will outplay Ponga this year, says Newey Boy. And uh, yeah, we'll be uh, keeping a close eye on what goes on there at Newcastle, no doubt about that. And I'm sure a lot of the fans there at Newcastle will hold them to account this year. I think they're running out of patience there in the Hunter. Uh, but uh, we've got Chicken Chow. G'day, Chicken. G'day, Meadows, Boz, Clarky. How are you, mate? Um, I'm all right. I'm good. That's um, all right. Your chookies again, you mate. Your chookies again, signing more players. Oh, we're flying. We've got more money than the Pope. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's sombrero. It's a massive Akubra, I reckon. It's, uh, it's, a, it's brilliant. The footy program, uh, mate. You've got a great footy program. Yeah, mate. And great restaurants and, and, and cars. We just hand out cars like they're lollies. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Uncle Nick. Oh, imagine if I sprayed him in that lift was. <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. you went to water. I did. I did. You I didn't even say good day to him. I, know, I, was, I was scared and emotional. <laughs> Just got a Mitchell Pierce back. <laughs> um, what was I bringing up about Ditto? Yes. Rugby Union. Rugby Union. Now, on, on Friday, I watched the, the Kiwi game. It was a cracker. The Chiefs versus the Crusaders. Oh, uh, yeah. The Chiefs won, now, didn't they? Yeah, it was a great game. Yeah. Uh, my man, David McKenzie, out of Blinder. It was fantastic. Now, the commentary in that is brilliant. And then you watch the Australian game. And that I know he's your man, but Sean Maloney... He is—he's like—he's unbearable. I know that's a little bit skating, but mate, a little bit. (laughs) Friend of the show. He's a mate of ours. We're not going to have you bag our mate. I know, but mate, bring back McLeod or some some other bloke. But Fair Dinkum is killing Australian rugby. (laughs) When it comes to callers, commentators, it's one of those things that's so subjective. You have your blokes yeah. you like. There were, oh, you know, there were people I used to work man, with Shawnee. that, you know, people used to bag to me. I'll be like, "Gee, I think they're good," and and the opposite. So we've all got our own opinions on that. Accept it, but he's a friend of the show, friend of ours. We love Shawnee. <laughs> but chicken, you can go to town, mate. Chicken, you barred for six months. <laughs> <laughs> you got anything else? Uh, no, I've been barred before on this show. Johnny, you, you say something. Hey, we haven't barred you, have we? Nah, nah. I think I got barred once when I mentioned the uh, president of Russia once, but I uh, can't say that anymore. <laughs> Mate, Johnny will send his hired muscle around if you're not careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's Johnny? <laughs> He's good. He's tired. He's tired, the big fella. The baby's keeping him up. Daddy daycare. Oh, he's, he's, on the, he's on the kids there, right? Yeah. Uh, good on him. Oh, boys, uh, chicken champion, have a good one. <laughs> chicken. 
Um, hey, Loza, my son's playing in the Daily Meninga Cup today at Bruce, says Raider Man. What, what age group's that, Loz? Not sure. Not sure, mate. All right. You've got too many cups named after you. What's that? Too many cups oh, named after Oh, too many. You. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think it might be... Um, uh, five and six. Yeah, point. I was going to say primary school. Okay, right, yeah. So it'll be under, what, 12s? Yeah. Under 13s, something okay. like that. The Cronulla Sharks last year finished second, 18 wins, six defeats, but then they went out in straight sets in the finals, losing 32-30 to to the Cowboys in that epic semi-final. Then they lost 38-12 to against the Bunnies. They've gained Oregon Kafusi from the Eels, and they've lost Luke Metcalf to the Warriors, Lockie Miller to the Newcastle Knights, Andrew Fafita and Aidan Tolman have retired. Uh, the market with Tab, as far as their futures are concerned, well, for a team that finished second, they're on the sixth line of betting uh, to win the premiership, second in the home and away season, of course, but uh, $13 to win the premiership. So they're $13 to win the minor premiership as well. $2.50 to make the top four, $1.40 to make the eight, $2.80 to miss the eight. The Sharks loss, outstanding last season. Year two under Craig Fitzgibbon. Can they basically hold their position there in the top four? Uh, I think they can. Uh, they're a very good side, the Cronulla Sharks. The thing I like about the Sharks, they don't beat themselves, so to speak. All the effort areas of the game they bring to the table every week so they don't get beaten on effort. And then it comes down to what the other team is tossing up and what they're throwing at you. Uh, but for me, they just compete hard. They've got some talent in the halves. Moylan had his best season for a long while last year, as did Nico Hines, gave them some direction. And the other thing was their attack. It stood out. I mean, we don't usually associate Cronulla with a a good attacking style, but last year they did. They had centres in Talakai and Ramian who were very strong. And Talakai had a standout season. Uh, Will Kennedy at the back, he improved his game. Uh, and became a really important player for them. They had wingers who carried the ball out of um, the back end of the field that got them sets going. And then they got the best out of the likes of Rudolph and Royce Hunt and, and these type of guys up front, uh, Hemlin Ueli. So uh, I think they're in for another big season, the Sharkies. I think they can hold their sort of spot in the top four or five. Um, and as I said, I think they'll improve second season under Craig Fitzgibbon. They understand his systems a lot better. Defensively, they were strong. Um, but the news on Nico Hines reportedly carrying a calf injury and is in some doubt for this game against South, uh, that um, might you know, knock them around in, in, in round one. But I reckon if they can get their best team on the paddy, I don't think they'll be going too far backwards. They need Will Kennedy to stay fit after, you know, uh, Lockie Wheeler obviously went to the Knights, so... Yeah, they've got a guy by the name of uh, Connor Tracy, and there was another guy that played in the trial. I think his name was Atkinson. Mm, Because Cade Dykes did his ACL. did his ACL as well. I think there was a young bloke by the name of Atkinson who played well in a trial. Again, it was only a trial, but you've got a Connor Tracy there who could possibly fill uh, a void there if necessary, but Will Kennedy becomes a very important player now. Um, Obviously... They lost a couple of experienced forwards in Fafida and, and Tolman. Luke Medcalf's gone over to the uh, Warriors. Um, interesting for the Sharks in round ones. You know, we always talk about the Melbourne Storm having such a great record in round one. Sharks have only won one of their past nine round one games. 
So for whatever reason, they Jeez. tend to start the season off slowly. Stat loss. Mm. Is that going to impact your pick for Saturday night, pup? Probably not. Don't care. It's old news. Yesterday's gone. Last year's gone. I like the Sharks. I think There's something about Nico moving Hines the Sharks. I, I, I don't think they can win the comp. But I, think see, they'll be, but I think they can be very, very consistent so, all the way through the year. So I reckon they can. I actually think they can win the comp. I, 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 I think I've got the Sharks in front of the Cowboys. There you go. Well, I wouldn't say no. They finished second last year. Mm. Mm. They, they finished second last year, so that tells you they've got the capability in that squad. And they were just beaten by the Cowboys. Yeah. That hurt them last year. Oh, they yeah. didn't recover from that, they, did they? They went yeah. out in straight yeah. sets. Yeah. The other question mark, though, people will have over the Sharks is that they played... The majority of the team, well, most of the teams. They're in the bottom eight. The bottom eight. Yeah. Twice. Yep. So they would say that they had a easier run yeah, okay. to make the finals and yep. to finish in second spot. But I, I, I thought there was a massive improvement in the Sharks, want and desire. And if you bring that hardworking effort every week Good to start. a game of football, yep. you're a big chance of winning just on that alone. You mentioned- Let alone throw in your, your ability. Mm. You mentioned Talakai, but oh, gee, I love Jesse Raymond as a player as well, Loz, and he's just re-signed as well, a three-year extension to the end well, of 2026. Well, they're both big and powerful. You know, yeah. They're both big and powerful players. They, when they move the ball, if you get them in a one-on-one situation, they can beat their opponent. You've got the silky skills of Will Kennedy. He can play down a short side, or he's out the back with that beautiful catch pass. Uh, Matty Moylan's another key player because I thought he played his best football last year. Uh, really thrived under the coaching of Craig Fitzgibbon and Nico Hines. We saw what he was able to do. He he just took that pressure away from Moylan. He, he didn't have that extra responsibility. They left it to Hines to run the show, uh, and he got the job done. And, and then their hard-working forward pack, uh, young Braley out of dummy half, gets through a lot of work, uh, very clever and deceptive out of, out of uh, acting half. Um, they've got line-breaking back rowers in Nakora and Wilton. Uh, then you've got the experience of you know, a Fanuke and, and Cam McGuinness who really drive the standards um, of this Sharks team. And, and that's lifted them to another level again. Uh, Wade Graham, whether he plays in the starting 13 or comes off the interchange bench, um, I think that this is Wade's last year uh, and he'll want to make an impact and he gives them that variety. Um, so I think they've got a squad there that's definitely capable of playing top four, but I just got a question mark when they come up against a Roosters or a Penrith um, or a Souths, those those champion game breakers. Mm. You know, have they got a Joey Manu or a James Tedesco or a mm. Latrell Mitchell um, or a Nathan Cleary? Someone that can really break the game apart. I think they're very good. They've got uh, a bit of depth, but I just don't know whether they can go that next step. Particularly in finals, obviously. In finals. When it counts. Uh, and Sully's clearly had a good look at their draw. Sharks look to have lovely draw set up for 2023. Only four games v last season's top four. Only 10 v top eight. Get 13 v last season's bottom eight. Six v bottom four. 17 games on seven-day turnarounds. Only five games off a plane. Sully, you've had... A very good look at that draw for the Sharks, but uh, sixth line of betting with the tab. Final day of this second test between England and New Zealand. Fascinating test match. 
Uh, so going through it from the start, so England made eight for four thirty-five declared in their first innings. Harry Brook, 186 off 176 balls. Joe Root, 153 not out off 224 in that big total. Then they rolled the Kiwis for 209. There was a day washed out as well, wasn't there? I Not don't, sure. Half a day. Half a day half, washed out. Yeah. So that's why I actually watched a bit of it yesterday because after Loz asked me that question yesterday or day before on radio, yesterday. why would they declare or, or the risk? I thought I thought for them with only four thirty on the board, two hundred and twenty run lead or two fifty lead. It's Weather big, related. It's a big mm. core even though I know they're playing basketball or whatever it is, mm. this aggressive approach, it's a big core. But then yeah, I think they lost I thought it was nearly a day's play due to rain. So now I'm saying great decision by England to have a crack. You got nothing to lose. And worst case, you got a bat out last day on a wicket that Seems okay to me. Still seems pretty good. But now that it's not about batting it out, if they bat today, they win the test. 210 to chase. I know it's last day of a test match. Anytime batting last under pressure runs on the board. But I'm back in England to win this test match. And then it'll be a fantastic de- uh, decision to send them back in. So, yeah. So, New Zealand after 209 in their first dig, forced to follow on. New Zealand made 483 in their second inning. Batted with beautifully. Kane Williamson, who's become, by the way, the... Uh, greatest run scorer in New Zealand Test history. He overtook Ross Taylor. He made 132. Tom Blundell, the keeper, made 90. Uh, Other contributions, Tom Latham, 83. So that ensured that England are chasing 258 for victory, and they face 11 overs late on day four and one for 48. So Zach Crawley bowled Tim Southie. They're having a crack. So 210 needed on the last day for England. They'll get them. New Zealand nine wickets. I tend to think you're right. I get them because they're confident. Yeah. Like even that, to, for New Zealand to make that many runs in the second dig shows you the wicket's still pretty good. Um, but England's attitude at the moment is that that's why I reckon they'll get the runs. You know, I just think they are don't care what we need, and it seems like they got the freedom from captain, coach, whoever to if we do lose. Those two guys will go to the press conference. They'll take accountability. So that gives the players so much freedom to say, "Rightio, we're we're getting these runs. We're having a crack. And if we get bowled out, we get bowled out." But yeah, awesome last day of a Test match. And I got to say, I, I, I don't love praising England. Trust me, I don't enjoy it at all. I hope we go and smoke them in the ashes. But they are playing a yep. good brand of cricket. A brand of cricket you want to watch. I'm worried. Yeah, it's. I mate, think the markets. I think they are deserving to be the Ashes favourites. Th- well, the they should be favourites in their own backyard. Yeah, definitely, in their they own should backyard. be. And I think the other thing as well, they you know, you look at when they come to Australia. There was there was talks talk of Broad and Anderson were over, and this change of coach and captain, they've gone the other way. They said, no, we want the experience. We still think Anderson at forty, who's now become number one bowler in the world, Test bowler in the world. Broad, we still think there's a part for these guys to play. So the players seem happy and comfortable at the moment, and they're willing to take a risk. So yeah, I, I will. I would be backing England to to chase these runs. Who wins, Loz? Are you going to get on the Kiwi bandwagon today, or do you think Pup's right? England will win this Test match. Oh, I think he's right in everything that he said about mm. England playing with the confidence and um, the freedom mm. uh, that they need to go out there and not think, just hit. And have a crack. Uh, they've got an aggressive mindset. Uh, from what I saw yesterday, uh, I sat down and watched a little bit. 
wicket wasn't too bad, but there was still enough in it if you bowled well. There's a little bit of spin as well mm. late in the day yesterday. So, what about the run out? Michael Bracewell. Yeah, it's a bit of a. Brain well, I, I reckon they there. left twenty odd more runs out there, mm. the Kiwis, mm. because they could have gone harder if Bracewell was still there. But yeah. as soon as they lost him, they they lost yeah. their last three or four pretty quickly. So for but, those who didn't see it, what he didn't slide the well, bat. Was was. A, well, yeah. Didn't slide the bat. He's coming back mm. for a third. I think the keeper who got ninety uh, hit it out to deep mm. mid wicket. They were running. They come back they to were the third. Jogging back. Yeah, and he was what just jogging. strolling back. Ben Stokes picked it up, threw it to the keeper. It was never going to be a run out. He should have been home by three meters. But because he was just strolling and casual, keeper takes the bails off, and he's actually caught mid. Uh, stride, foot in the air, over the line, over the crease, bat in the air. Under eights. Yeah, that's clubbies. That's a uh, that's the one that you walk the opposite direction to the change room. You don't want to see the captain or the coach. But, yeah, well, again, you know, people say, mate, it's a number eight batter or number nine batter. I agree with Loz. If he makes 20, it's a different game. You get Let's say, let's say they find a way to get to 300 run lead instead of 260. Hmm. It's, it's a completely different game. So... Anyway, we'll find out. He will be he will be valuing every single run out there on the field getting run out like that. You're going no way. If we've got him, if we've got him eight down or nine down, and they beat us, you just fuming at yourself. Now, DS, the great Dave Stanley, is uh, off to Melbourne today and joining us on the line now. Morning, Dave. Yeah, morning, you know, morning, boys at Kingsford Smith now and. How do you boys wake up this early? I'm not used to this with HQ. I actually I'm just said that, DS. I said to the boys, I go. Who's woken DS up? What's yeah, happening? Yeah, I know. Here? I know. You all right? Uh, you feel okay? Yeah, I must admit. Um, <laughs> Sleep oh, on the plane. The boys do it. I think I'll have to have a little nod. Hey, she doesn't start till nine. Usually I'm just hitting the snooze button to late. So, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's good to be up early. Um, it's uh, a big day in Melbourne, Middow. Um, last Friday, obviously, and we mentioned this at the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch, and on there, it was Dean Lester's uh, funeral. Obviously, we've spoken about Dean the last couple of weeks. Uh, there was a lunch organised. Dean, when he was still alive, uh, to raise a lot of money for himself and his family, etc. Um, that lunch is on today, and it's you know, going to be sort of like a bit of a, uh, a celebration of Dean's life. So heading down there with a few of the Sky Sports radio team, myself, Richard Haynes, Duff will be there with me, uh, representing us, and um, yeah, back on the bird tonight. But uh, Luke Marlow is going to see you through HQ later, and yeah, I think um, if we mentioned on Friday, let's back a winner for Dean. If we can back a winner again for Dean today, I think that would be outstanding and uh, hopefully right through the carnival, boys. Yeah, great stuff. I'm sure there will be plenty of uh, yarns told there today. Is it a crown, Dave? It is. It's uh, yeah, to the crown, crown palladium. So uh, it should be a good little good spread today. I'll have to just take it easy. I think, I think the... Uh, the big fella sitting on the table, though, the CEO. So I've just got to sort of just, you know, any <laughs> advice from uh, from you, 3D? Just sort of take it easy, not uh, not go early. Get it easier. And which bread roll do you go? Is it left or right? Left always. Always left. But if okay. you're still a bit hungry, feel free to steal the right as well. Okay, I like nothing, it. Nothing illegal about pinching next door's bread roll. I stole okay. Josh Reynolds the other day. Yeah, no, that's all. That's so fine. First in, best dress. Yeah, exactly. I like it, Compulsory like butter it. as well. Have to have oh. butter. Oh, you've got to. Yeah. You've got to do oh, that. What are you going to do if they do the old chicken and beef? Oh. And if you get what, do you like both? Yeah. Mate, DS. Yeah, silly question. Yeah, Come on. Silly question. Would, I knock, would I knock back anything? <laughs> what's, your, what's your preference? <laughs> I'll go to the beef today. Actually, what, what happens then if you get the chicken? Are you going to just well, swap well, it or ask? I've got, white, I've got the white shirt on. That's the only problem. So <laughs> it just depends on sauce colour. 
So I'm on this flight. I've got to go. They're blowing up here, okay. Virgin. I'll talk to you later, boys. Enjoy, enjoy business class, buddy. See you, boys. See you, Matt. Dave. DS. All right. <laughs> now, we're going to do our last preview now. Last one. Then our top eights tomorrow. Season opener Thursday. It's the Penrith Panthers, Loz. Last year's premiers. And, well, they had 20 wins and four defeats, Penrith. They beat Parramatta 27-8 in the first week of the finals. Then they beat the Bunnies 32-12 in their preliminary final. Then in the grand final, blew them off the park in the first half. It was 28-12 in the end they beat Parramatta. Uh, Now, the market has them at $4. Their favourites to win the premiership yet again, $2.25 to make the grand final, $3.50 to win the minor premiership, $1.50 for top four, a dollar nine to make the eight. If you think it's all going to go pear shaped, well, you're getting value six dollars fifty to miss the top eight for Penrith this year, and uh, their over under season wins total seventeen and a half. So remember, got twenty last year. So accounting for well two and a half wins less this year, and uh, considering the players they've lost, I suppose taking that into account, whether they can keep the same standards as well. No Coruscant, Charlie Staines is gone. Isaiah Katoa was amongst their squad. Uh, Robert Jennings, Sean O'Sullivan, all gone to the Dolphins. Jermaine Hopgood's gone to Para, but the big one certainly Viliami Kikau, as well as Coruscant Kikau, of course, gone to the Dogs. They have gained Luke Garner and Tyrone Peachy from the Tigers, Zach Hosking from Brisbane, and Jack Cogger, who was over there at Huddersfield in the Super League. Penrith, 17 and a half wins, Loz, so over under. Where do you stand there? Uh... I'll probably go under. I'll probably go under. Okay. I think they go backwards this year, Penrith. Mm. And, I mean, they've made the last three grand finals, premiers the last two years. I don't I, I don't think they can win the comp again this year, but I think they'll be more than competitive. I think they'll be certainly, you know, top five. Um, I think the loss of kick-out will be enormous and also the loss of Coruscant just out of dummy half. Coruscant being the threat he was and the deception he had out of dummy half, it it made sure that teams defended him and defended the ruck really well against Penrith. You know, Fisher, Harris, Leota, these type of blokes. Um, because if they got loose, they could drive wedges in between defenders and just you know, get them on the uh, front foot and then play off the back of that. And it allowed Cleary and Luai a little bit extra space because they had to be tight opposition teams. Um, he's a good player, Mitch Kenny, but a different style of player to Appy Coruscant. Very hard working, gets through plenty of you know um, defensive work, hits well in tackles, but he's not the same threat out of dummy half. Um, Luke Garner, very good player, but he hasn't got the same impact as a kick out. Um, and for me... They're the two big losses for Penrith. Uh, Dylan Edwards was fantastic last year. He's so important to this footy side. Um, Have they got the same desire? Have they got the same want? They'll talk about it and say yes. Mm. But making three grand finals in a row and going back-to-back, it's pretty difficult to achieve in this NRL era. Uh, I think the last team to go three in a row, was it Parramatta 40 years ago? 81, 2 and 3? Yes, we're going back. Yeah. yeah. So it's difficult to do. Mm. So I think they do go backwards. I don't think they can win the comp this year. 
Uh, having said that, you know, if Cleary can p- produce another sublime year, um, you know, you've got front rowers in Fisher-Harrison, Leota that don't take a backward step. They've still got a strong bench with Spencer Lienu and Scott Sorensen and these type of guys. Um, but I do think they go backwards and I do think there'll be a different Premier next year, or this season. Don't underestimate the loss of Taylor May, just getting them out of trouble. You, we, they've still got To'o, who obviously does a great job there, Loz, but Taylor May was a revelation last year, wasn't he, on the wing? Yeah, he's a good finisher too. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing we know about Penrith is they're always being able to produce good young players. And the next yeah, someone will jump mentality, out. And, and that's mm-hmm. what you're relying on. And they've been torn apart over the last couple of years with players moving on, but it hasn't affected them. And that's the key. You know, I think that'll be the same this year. But Chorus out and kick out. I think they're two big losses. I don't think you're replacing them with the same quality. And, you know, uh, Mitch Kenny started in last year's grand final. Very tough player. You'd love to play with him because he gives you everything. But he hasn't got that deceptive ability and creative ability of a happy Chorus out who, when he's playing well in this Penrith team, you've got to keep an eye on him and you've got to defend the ruck. I just don't know whether they'll get the time and space that they've had previously on the edges, Penrith, this season. I'm with you. I'll be taking the under for Penrith, but still be there and there amongst it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think they will. Mm. But I think when you get to the back end of the season, I think those losses that they've, you know, need to replace guys with Coruscant's ability and, and Kikau's ability, I, I just think it'll, it'll hurt them. You're still a... Game breakers. They're, for me, game breakers. Mm. Both those players. You, you still think they're winning the comp part? part. <sighs> I don't know. I, I think a lot depends on the Roosters players' fitness come finals footy. I, I, I reckon Penrith Roosters grand final. If the Roosters are fit, I think they win the grand final. But I just think... To be able to get there the way Penrith have over the last couple of years and be at the top of that tree for a while, I just think, I reckon these players that are now going to get an opportunity because guys have left have been sweating on their chance. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I never feared losing players as long as you've got someone ready to, mm. to take that opportunity. And you, really, you don't know until they get a crack. But no. it's, mm. yeah, it's, it, well, has anyone done three, Pete, in the NRL? Has anyone done three years in the NRL? Era? So yeah. this, it's massive, yeah. massive. But how, how exciting for the Panthers as well. Oh, That's how is. I'd be looking it's at a, it. It's a, it's a good challenge. But yeah. just, just for me, for an example. So you've got Kikau and Garner, two different style of players. Yep. So, when you're defending on a right edge against Penrith's left attack, yep, all right, and they've got you know Luai and um, Kickout come, coming at you. Yep. As a defender, you have to stay square on Kickout if you want to tackle him. You, yep. Because he's so because big of and the strong. size of him, yeah, okay. because he's so big and strong. Yep. All right. So yep. you you if if you want to commit to him, or if you want to turn out and he beats you back on the inside, you're you've gone. Got, you're you're gone. Yeah. Okay. Luke Garner... Not as big. Not as big and strong. Okay. Not as powerful. Okay. So just a little... Little things little like that, things like which that, is significant, though. Which is very yeah, okay. significant. Okay, fair call. Very See, I don't... I, I, so I, can, I, would, I, I wouldn't know I, that. I can you know? recover, I think, yep. if I'm defending. Yeah. I think I can recover if I make a bad decision at the start to recover to tackle the, 
a Luke Garner. Yeah, okay. You can't with kick but out. With you don't kick, get a second chance. Yeah, you don't get a second yeah, chance. Yeah, okay. Adam P. Gilly, good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Let's start with this Challenge Stakes on Saturday. The Group 2 Challenge Stakes naturally uh, uh, lead up towards the big TJ Smith day one of the championships and Giga Kick, the Tab Everest winner, is back in Tab's all-in market yesterday, three fifty to $2.60. Yeah, just having a look at the nominations, Jared, for this program at Ramwick on the weekend. It's a fantastic day's racing, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this challenge stakes there on on Saturday. And you mentioned that early money for Giga Kick. It's been a very deliberate plan from Clayton Douglas, his trainer, to to virtually bypass the the sprint races in Melbourne and give him an extra week or two in the paddock to try and get ready for the the Autumn Carnival up here in Sydney. We know he had a really taxing campaign in the spring last year, obviously winning the Everest and going down to to Melbourne to run in the champion sprint. So being, a, I suppose, a, a late foal, if I can put it in those terms, and, and still a three-year-old, they decided to give a bit more time to try and mature. So the beauty is we get to see him up here in Sydney. So I can understand that early market support. You think he's going to be extremely hard to beat in this challenge stakes. But we have some opposition. It's good to see Eduardo and Remark are going to be in the race as well. And I suppose the challenge stakes the last couple of years has really been, I suppose, dominated in, in betting by Nature Strip. But obviously, given he's... His first start run, which was clearly below par. Chris Wallace giving him a bit more time, and he'll try and get him ready for the TJ in a few weeks' time, but he'll be bypassing this race on the weekend. Uh, Zach Purton has been fine. Was that for his comments over there in Hong Kong? Yeah, it was, Loz. Uh, we spoke about this last week, and they did not miss him one little bit. And he got fined Hong Kong $150,000, which is basically the equivalent of almost 30000 Australian. So... That's just for making some comments in a newspaper article. So I think we all agree the comments were, were quite extreme and really fascinating to read. But the Hong Kong Jockey Club didn't take uh, take them to their liking and they've whacked him with a huge fine over that. So uh, I'm not sure how Zach's going to react to that. He wouldn't be obviously be happy having a part with, with so much money, but I don't think he's doing it too tough, to be fair. But, yeah, very interesting that they put a line in the sand and said, no, nah, these comments are unacceptable and he'll have to cop the 30K. And just remind us, those comments were about Mark Van Gestel, who's now, of course, the chief steward over there. Yeah, they were, Jared, And he's sort of claiming that he'd come over there with, with a real gung-ho attitude and, and suspending a lot of jockeys for what Zach was thought were only minor infractions and virtually saying that he wasn't going to last if that was going to be the case and that Hong Kong's only got a limited riding pool, so you can't be suspending all the jockeys. So, obviously, the, the Hong Kong Jockey Club, which run a pretty tight ship over there, didn't take... Uh, didn't take those comments too well, and they've hit Zach where it's going to hurt in that hip pocket. Now, uh, Jamie Carr, she's set to head over to Royal Ascot. Yeah, I found it really fascinating, Jared. She's talking about heading over there, obviously, in our winter and then the summer over there to ride Pullingatta, who's obviously been great, winning a couple of Group 1s down here in Australia, the Philly, and her ownership group are talking about heading across to Royal Ascot later this year, and Jamie Carr's sort of spoken about the potential to expand her wings and ride over there. I think she was I think she was actually over there when Nature Strip won at Royal Ascot last year and she was just as a as a spectator. So she's extremely keen to get going and have a chance to ride overseas. So can't wait to see that happen and let's hope that everything goes well for Cool and Gatter and Jamie in the next few months. Have a good day mate. Chat tomorrow. See you boys.